Hey, welcome to Flippin' Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined, as always, by Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, we've got week 10 to talk about here. We came into this week saying that it wasn't going to be filled with a bunch of very good games. I don't think it was. In putting together the doc for this week, I didn't come up with a ton of great like games of the week, but we did also say that it would probably be pretty impactful because every time we have a week like this, like four top 10 teams lose and uh, sure, and we love that. And sure enough, we've got a we've got a hefty bonfire of the enemies here. We've got a hefty list of teams that just completely blew it. Um, several teams falling from the ranks of the unbeaten, and we've got I would say a pretty fun week, if not a not a good week, but a, an enjoyable week to talk about. Yeah, and by the way, I want to point out since you have taken to Twitter to start calling me, uh, refer to me as B one G underscore Ryan a little bit on the internet. I'd like you for this episode to refer to me as DUI underscore Ryan. Okay. I feel like Jack Miller on the podcast. Yeah, it's been a big month for DUIs, and we are certainly. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say that we're looking into that, but we are investigating it further, trying to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, our, Patrick, Patrick's doing some on the ground uh, reporting. <laughs> our, our is our is our is our fourth string. Our everybody's favorite fourth string quarterback being framed. What's you know is Ryan Day perhaps encouraging his players to do this? I, I, it's it's something that we're certainly something that we're looking into we're we're trying to figure out what the culture is with Ryan Day's program where you've got Jack Miller you've got Marcus Hooker now you know alumnus Damon Arnett is is seen with the gun from Terminator on an Instagram video I want to point out here I mean there have been a rash of Ohio State fans just begging for the quarterback run to come back yeah is it possible that Jack Miller was trying to just emulate everything he could about JT Barrett Yes. Uh, by getting that DUI. Yeah, he's so that I'm, that I'm the was? I'm the true successor to JT Barrett and to Troy Smith and also to Steve Bellisari, the four best quarterbacks in program history. Um, <laughs> and and I think that that's just you know it's it's honorable for him and I think that Ryan Day to to deny him his birthright of being the quarterback at Ohio State is really shameful. Um, and, and for that reason, we are going to actually start off the bonfire of the enemies here with Ohio State head coach Ryan Day, who is <laughs> who is trying to keep a good man down in suspending uh, fifth string quarterback Jack Miller and future Arizona star. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable that sixth string quarterback uh, Jack Miller was suspended by Ryan Day this week um, for something that we all frankly know is not wrong. And I, I really think like. <laughs> I think this level of injustice being perpetrated upon seventh-string quarterback Jack Miller yeah. is something that really should result in Ryan Day's removal from the program. Yeah, I mean, how is Jagger LaRoe going to get his shoulder pads off the practice field if Jack Miller's not there? This is really messed up of Ryan Day to do this. There's no other... Somebody's got to carry the kicker off the field after he hits his seventh consecutive field goal to win Ohio State a game against a three and seven team. Um, and, and really, I think and that's it, normal. By the way, that's, that's normal. it's normal. It's regular. Don't worry about it. I'm sure it's fine. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's uh, I, I, you have to imagine that not having the eighth string quarterback was what caused Ohio State to look like complete dog shit against Nebraska for four quarters. But we will get to that in a little bit. Um, elsewhere. On the bonfire, staying in the great state of Ohio, Jason Candle loses again. This man can't stop losing. Mr. Too Damn Losing. Uh, 52-49 to against Eastern Michigan. I don't know if they're going to go to a bowl game. They do still have, I, I would say, the three most winnable games of all time left in Bowling Green, Ohio, and Akron. So it'd be pretty impressive if they don't go to a bowl game. But uh, this it's a bad team. It's a bad football team that somehow has really good stats and should be like eight and one or eight and two and just isn't um because there is a chance that we look back in like two years and realize that jason candle was single-handedly responsible for the math going down to the fcs level of college football yeah and we do love that for him uh he's he's, he's just you know you, you know they say about all the 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 you know high tides raise all the ships right jason candle is mm-hmm. the drain he's the mac drain he's bringing all the other ships down and we do we do have to support him in his efforts to do that uh, next up he's getting one of those uh he's getting one of those white girl anchor tattoos with never sink on it yeah yes next up speaking of guys who are at the bottom of the ocean greg shiano uh, <laughs> folks, as it turns out, he's not going to bring Rutgers back to its its former glory. Rutgers gets absolutely shit ha- or shit. What is the word? 
Uh, shit house is fine. Shit house is fine by by Wisconsin. You give up fifty two points to Wisconsin in, in this economy. Um, I mean, say what you want. Look, look, look. We can all shit on Rutgers all we want. Four yeah. wins in a Rutgers season with uh, you know Big Ten East bottom feeders, Indiana and Maryland still on the schedule. Yeah, they could still get to a bowl game, Patrick. They, I, I don't they think will it's not. Like, I mean, they will not. Ah. Uh, I'm, I'm, You're, I mean, grown ass man betting on Tom Allen in the 2021 season. I don't know. It couldn't be me. I'm betting, not be me doing that. I'm going to tell you, I'm not betting on Tom Allen in those in that group of teams. <laughs> That's that's all I'm going to say on the matter, um, and I'm not going to directly say that I'm by, that I'm betting on Mike Loxley because that's a scary thing to say. Um, yeah, of those three guys, I mean, you just don't want to have any of them for your coach. It's just like, yeah, the, I mean, the worst possible trio. But I, I can't wait to see who wins the last place rodeo. Uh, yeah. in the big time. I'm looking we, forward to it, but I don't think it's going to be Greg Schiano. Yeah, we we have an incredible collection just in these last four games for Rutgers. You have Greg Schiano, Tom Allen, Mike Loxley, and James Franklin, the the holy playoff of coaches who are just <laughs> not doing especially well emotionally right now. Um, and they they do need they do need guidance, they need support, and they need love in this time. And we have to make sure that they know that they are loved. Uh, next up, Steve Adazio who has lost again at Colorado State. Ryan, can you believe that... It's weird, the, it keeps happening. Can you believe that <laughs> Urban Meyer's uh, number one favorite boy isn't doing very well at Colorado State where he was installed by <laughs> by Urban Meyer? Um, I think Urban Meyer, uh, salute to him for getting the bag. I mean, I, I think we can look around Urban Meyer, just kind of realize he's like, damn, I don't think making $7.5 million a year was quite enough. I need to get more checks. And he's looking yeah. to get all of his boys coaching jobs and somehow collecting some kind of recruiter placement fee yeah, off of them. He, he had, Urban Meyer is like a like a construction recruiter who's like hiring, you know, like foreman or something for uh, hospital projects. He's running a protection scheme and the protection scheme is that if they don't pay him like 5 or 10% of their salary, he will righteous gemstone style release the videos that he has with all of them cheating on their wives at various like las vegas you know <laughs> establishments um that's 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 the urban meyer edge that's his method and that's how he that's how he <laughs> makes his money and he's he's going to be writing an investment book about this very soon and i'm looking forward to it this, this is all this is all fun and games patrick until steve adazio ends up as ohio state's offensive line coach next season that's still fun i'm i'm looking forward to that i think it'd be very funny <laughs> i i i uh you're speaking my language i I love when Ohio State like, is, is shitty in very funny ways. They're looking around and like, okay, Greg Sudrawa can't recruit anymore. Mm-hmm. We need to find the one guy in college football with less charisma than Greg Sudrawa. <laughs> <laughs> We've been steadily declining from Ed Warner to Greg Sudrawa. And now we need to complete the journey it's down the, to yeah, it's, Steve Adazio. It's the Pokemon evolution. If you put those three guys next to each other, it does look like they were spawned <laughs> by Ed Warner and they just kept getting worse from there. We have to find the one guy uglier than Greg Sudrawa. It's time to bring him in. <laughs> Um, next up, <laughs> M- Michigan State, who we have we have uh, been anti for the entire season. We finally started to jump on board. At least I did last week. I don't know about you. Um, and here we are, Purdue 40, Michigan State 29. Uh, Mel Tucker and his team of, of mercenaries cannot get the job done against Jeff fucking Brom. What are we doing here, man? Come on. You lo- you're losing to Jeff Brom. Is it time, <laughs> is it time to concern that Jeff Brom may be good again? I don't think he's good again. I'm I'm afraid to say that he's good again. I think he just has another superstar wide receiver. Like I, I that was what made him good the first time too. And I, it seems like that's just yeah, a but, good strength to have in the conference that doesn't have any cornerbacks for some reason. But if he keeps doing it, doesn't just make him good? I don't know. Like, I, I, guess, yeah. I guess. I mean, <laughs> if you could, yeah. I don't if know. You can find an edge every year doing that. If he wins eight games this year. That's like pretty impressive. Which I, mean, he, I don't know. Like which he, could he still... will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he's going to beat Northwestern in Indiana. I do think that he's going to scare the hell out of Ohio State, which is also going to be very funny. They won't win. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess good for good for him. We thought he was going to be fired before the season, and he's certainly not going to be fired. He might end up getting the Louisville job uh, after all. After after all of this, Jeff Brom still gets the Louisville job somehow. Oh man, I don't think he would leave it. Just, I don't know who gives a fuck. I guess I don't really care about Jeff Rom that much. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up, Mike. probably not important enough to talk about. He's just a slightly richer man's PJ Fleck. Oof, yeah, well, not anymore. PJ Fleck is now the world's richest man apparently because he did, <laughs> Minnesota was so impressed with what he did against uh, Bowling Green, uh, which we can we can toss him into the bonfire as well. PJ Fleck gets an extension from Minnesota and then immediately 
immediately eat shit against Illinois, 14 to 6. Um, I am ready once again to run it up on the Brett Bielema uh, pick at the beginning of the season, his best hire. Uh, my man is good. He's in his bag. He's He's got drip. He's got swag. He's going to win the Big Ten West in like three years. He's really good. What would you say is the point of Brett Bielema? What, what is, what are we, what, what is the intended outcome here? I don't really understand. I, I don't really get the objective of having Brett Bielema. I don't know. Like he's going to embarrass some bad teams, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere close to like 500 anytime soon. I don't know. I, I think he might go kind of uh, close to 500 like this year. Um, he it, lost at home to Greg Schiano. Yeah. Listen, we all make mistakes. Uh, we no, nobody, nobody is perfect. We we can't. Uh, I'm not going to cast discouragements on a man just for for losing to Greg Schiano. We've all done it. From, I, I from like Brett I, I just don't know like what the ultimate. I don't know. Um, the the ultimate. I, I, I will say the ultimate is that they're going to beat Iowa on the 20th and then Northwestern on the 27th and they're going to go to a bowl game in year one. That that's that's the yeah, but, that's the goal here. But what, if you're talking about a coach that just like only beats really good teams, but ultimately doesn't do much for his own team, like Brett Bielema is just like Jeff Brom, right? Like he's sure. just doing what Jeff Brom did a few years ago, and you hate Jeff Brom. Yeah, I, 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 Brett Bielema is a coach about having fun with your friends, and that's what I like about him. Um, okay, I think fair enough. He's the number one coach who likes to have fun with his friends. Uh, sp- that is stay, true. Staying in the Big Ten, Big Ten only show here. Mike Loxley has died. Um, I. <laughs> Maryland should fire this guy and they're not going to, but Maryland should absolutely fire this guy right now. Like specifically after this season, go out and get an actual coach and then win eight games next season with the talents, with the talent that he recruited. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Talia Tagovailoa is just still not going to uh, ever beat a good team. So I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a perfect quarterback coach combo, the same guy. Like they do the same things all the time. <laughs> the same guy. I love that. It's like it's like uh, how pet owners sort of start to look like their pets after a certain amount of time. Right. Tal- Talia right. has begun to look and act like Mike Loxley at all times. He keeps talking about the importance of the yeah. tide water, and everybody's not really sure what he's <laughs> going on about. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of coaches who have turned into Mike Loxley, Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna just cede the floor to you here, Nick Saban. Uh, looking a lot like his former offensive coordinator this week in very nearly losing to um, an, an Ed Orgeron-led LSU team that is down like its entire starting lineup because they've all opted out or transferred already. Patrick, I have I have four little words to say here. Uh-huh. Uh, fuck, five words. Sorry, okay. five words. Okay, Ryan has, <laughs> Ryan has 14 words to say real quick. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Roll Tide, what? Fuck you. Yeah, that's right. They didn't, LSU, I I will say, didn't win the game, but. um, No, sure, sure. Boy. uh, I don't don't know, man. Could you imagine. Saban is. Could you you imagine the post game speech if LSU had won this game? Oh, truly, I cannot. They would have brought an Orgeron back if they won this game. Yeah. They would have said, it's actually cool that uh, you're flirting with all of our wives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You bring your girlfriends to practice, and that you. I don't know if you saw the clip pregame. I did. But he deliberately ran out of his way during like, the tunnel walkout to run in between the Alabama cheerleaders and like gave a big smile afterwards. Oh my like god! Like an absolute fucking creep. Uh, Ed Orgeron <laughs> is the world's horniest man. But he is. I, I do think that, <laughs> they would have given him an extension and undone his firing if he beat Nick Saban this year. LSU is going to. So this is how it would happen if if he wins the if he if he goes back in time and wins this game. Auburn hires Ed Orgeron after the season when it has to fire Brian uh-huh. Harson because of his ability to beat Alabama. Um, LSU hires <laughs> big name in the news today Dan Orlovsky because they know that he'll never be alone with a woman. Um, and so that they have no issues with the potential boosters' wives. He's not going to be there because he has, at all times, a posse of at least seven other men who look exactly like him so that he doesn't get in trouble. Oh, my God. Could you imagine so, uh, Louis, actually, Louisiana Dan Orlovsky? I think that's great to think about. I actually don't know what he referenced with Dan Orlovsky. You, don't, you so haven't seen today. this? What, what happened? Okay, so he wrote, no. a, he wrote an article today for what seems like a father's rights website, Um called four ways to avoid temptation and he's writing in here about about the temptation to cheat on your wife when you have 
uh, in his bio here, it says like he has three children and also another child. So four children. He has he has triplets and then another child. Um, a wife. Wait, he and described his kids as like three plus one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so he's he's writing a. Uh, yeah. His children have a team option. Um, he's writing here. He's writing here in the addiction topic on allprodad.com about avoiding temptation on the road. Uh, one of his strategies, which includes here, um, he says, when I'm traveling, I'm usually on the road with a group of people. Even in the studio, there are lots of people around. So I'll often go out with a group to enjoy dinner rather than be alone. We'll tour a stadium or finish more preparation for work. And when I say I'm with a group, I mean group. John, Kit- John Kitna taught me never to be one-on-one with a female. What do you mean by that, Dan? <laughs> I love that he's just also throwing John Kitna under the bus, yeah. too, by the way. Yeah, John, like, <laughs> John, John Kitna told me, hey, man, you're a big-time pervert. You shouldn't be alone with a woman. That's 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 the exact advice like, that listen, John Kitna gave. And John Kitna is one of the horniest yeah. guys I've ever Have you guys ever met, met John Kitna? Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting enough, Generalowski's second strategy was, quote, deleting grinder from my phone. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a bold approach, and we are going to see how it pays off uh staying in the sec now mike leach well hang on hang on hang on stay in the sec uh new mexico state's gonna be alabama this week oh <laughs> my god dude auburn's gonna beat them auburn is absolutely gonna beat them after after losing Warm- in the way that it just did to texas a&m auburn is gonna beat alabama and mm-hmm. we we do love it um Mississippi State falls 31-28 to arkansas the continuing the very very funny uh, sort of sub story about the Mike Leach era at Mississippi State, which is that he just cannot possibly beat Barry Odom. Barry Odom has solved the air raid, and for some reason, he's the only coach in the SEC that has done it. It's not that hard. You just have to drop eight guys into coverage. It's actually really very easy. Um, and and for some reason, Barry Odom is the only man who knows how to do this. So, do you think Mississippi State will be ranked like twenty second, twenty third? But what's the rank going to be this week after this loss? They're going to move up. It's a quality loss because Arkansas is going to be fifteenth, <laughs> and so you can just assume that right. everybody jumps up a spot. You know, it's it's uh, it's important that you that you you know look good against quality competition. Like now, six and three, I, Arkansas. I was a little bit concerned whenever the college football playoff committee added Bernie Madoff this offseason, but I think it's like paying off in a pretty good way. Yeah, he you've never seen a white boy dance like this and, and it's it's uh <laughs> it's certainly, you know, we're 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 loving what we're seeing from the committee and from Bernie Madoff. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am smoking on that shit to turn Bernie Madoff into a funky ass white boy. I'll tell you that. That's right. Yeah, he's he's hitting the nay nay, <laughs> he's doing it all. Um Speaking of funky ass white boys, Dan Mullen, forty to seventeen, lost to South Carolina. Good God! Uh, Did you I, see the uh, the rumors about this one on the way out of the game? No. What was going on here? What one of Florida's big message board insiders, their equivalent of like Nevada Buck or whatever, sure, uh, posted that there was a quote heated one way exchange between Dan Mullen and Scott Strickland in the tunnel after the game in front of players. I would say so because immediately <laughs> after this game, Dan Mullen fired like the two long-term assistants who have been with him everywhere being Todd Grantham and then his offensive line coach. So yeah, I would say that there was a heated one way exchange between the two. I think that that's usually a pretty good sign. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that uh, in, a, in a little bit in the plums section, but it, it seems like things are not going well for Dan Mullen right now. It's hard to say, but we're definitely going to look into this more. Yeah, uh, out west for the the Washington version of Dan Mullen, Jimmy Lake punches a player, shoves a ref, and then <laughs> fires his offensive coordinator within about five hours of each other, and is now on. And we are now calling that the Jimmy Lake hat trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 uh, he's 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 three peating. He's uh, he's going crazy on it. Um, he is now suspended without pay for their upcoming, uh, presumably lost to whoever they're playing next. Um, Jimmy Lake is not, I don't think, long for this job. I, I would imagine that he is going to be a pretty valuable name on the de- on the defensive coordinator market, but I think you'd have to be crazy to hire this man as a head coach after this season. He's very obviously not suited for it. Yeah, yeah, and I do want to give a quick shout-out, by the way, to Flipping the Field West correspondent Will English and Grace Deary Schmidt. Yes, of and really the entire uh, Seattle City Public School District, which has decided to sponsor Flipping the Field's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so big thank you to them. Uh, and 
go Bucks. Of yeah, be sure to to drink delicious. Yeah, be, be sure to drink delicious uh, <laughs> Seattle brand public school sodas. Um, that's uh, that's a product that we're happy to hawk on here. You know, we only sell you things that we enjoy, and, and one of them is, of course, Seattle public schools. Um, last one we mentioned him earlier, right. but PJ Fleck, get him on the bonfire, get him out of here. We've we've got the whatever the opposite of a broke boy here in in real wallet but spiritually this is the brokest boy on the list this man is this man is down bad um ryan do you have any anything left that you'd like to say before we pour the lighter fluid on this week's bonfire of the enemies no but i do think pj fleck is very funny i don't know i, I hope he's around in college football for a very long time and just yeah. like always stays in a mid-tier job like i i don't ever want him to get like a big time job because what he does at minnesota is much funnier which is like somehow finding his way to, uh, you know, getting ranked and then immediately having the most embarrassing loss of all time and doing this, you know, you know, of course like three times a season. Yeah. Uh, It rocks. Yeah. It's it's really, really good. He's great. I'm, I'm all, I'm all in favor of that. All right. Uh, games of the week. We've got a tough selection here. I'm going to be honest with you. This is not a great slate of, of games of the week. I did the best with what I had. Um, first up NIU at Kent state. Did you watch this one at all? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I was trying to uh, pack for New York, I believe, at the yeah. time. But uh, I did see the end of it. Yes. And so, holy shit, what a game. Yeah, this kicked These ass. These programs rock. Yeah, this absolutely kicked ass. I am also, I, I, I posted as much during this game, but I'm going to look back at the end of the season at our huge parlay and realize that we would have hit had we, had we bet on it. Uh, because Kent State is going to win the MAC. Like, this is this is going pretty well here for Kent state. The defense is uh-huh. awful, but the, the offense when it is going is just unbelievable. Um, threw for 322 yards here, rushed for another top runner, rushed for another 173 next runner, one Oh three next runner. After that is the quarterback for 72. Um, I thought Dustin crumb was really good here. I thought Rocky Lombardi was really good for NIU as well. Yeah, I was going to say, are you, are you ready to apologize to Rocky yeah, Lombardi? Who, I believe you spent quite a bit of the offseason talking to him. Who has been good like all season, but was especially good here more so than he has been any other time this year. The NIU, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, the NIU rushing attack kind of failed it here. That's been what has been so good for it so long this season. But um, this, right. this time it was I mean, Rocky. former running back at the program is their head coach. Which yes. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And they run the hell out of the ball. They, they, they have the same ideology as a triple option team. They just don't run the same schemes, but they didn't do that here. They threw the hell out of the football. Trayvon Rudolph in this game. Did you see this young man's line? 14 receptions, 309 yards, three touchdowns. Good. I mean, God. talk about, but also let's talk about Rocky Lombardi's line. He had 57 yeah. passing attempts and average almost 10 yards an attempt. Yeah. Like he was that great. is crazy efficient at that number of attempts. Like that is a, you know, that's making C.J. Stroud look like uh, Bryce Young. I don't know uh, what that means. <laughs> Good <but>. one. <laughs> Get in. Uh, Get his ass. You know, but <clears throat> these teams are going to meet again pretty much for my championship is the way it's looking. Yeah, uh, I would be very surprised if both of them don't win their divisions. Rocky, so. Rocky Lombardi is making C.J. Stroud look like the different other version of C.J. Stroud that also exists and can show up <laughs> at any time. Um, re- just as a as an aside... Um, for for the the true sickos who are interested in this sort of thing, the wide receiver trio at NIU of Tyrese Ritchie, Cole Tucker, and Trayvon Rudolph is fucking nasty. It is insanely good that mm-hmm. they have this at a Mac school. I don't know how they did this. I don't know. I don't know how Thomas Hammock pulled this off. But uh, those guys kick ass, and they still lost. That's that's how good the Kent State offense was here. I had a blast watching this game. Um. Next it's also very funny, by the way, that that uh, that Cole Tucker looks like a TikTok star. Yeah, like, he just looks like a guy who would be like dancing on TikTok. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, and also, uh, Kent State wide receiver Dante Cephas went for uh, five receptions, 124 yards. That is a Pittsburgh legend right there. Is he played at Penn Hills, friend of the show. Any uh, any relation? Like 15. Any relation to Quintez? No, no relation. It's spelled differently too. Okay. Um, all right. Next up, Cincinnati twenty-eight, Tulsa twenty. Not a great look here for our Bearcats, but I did. I put this on here one because it was a good game. It was it was enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Tulsa ran the hell out of the ball, um, and Tulsa just every game that it plays is like this. It's just what Tulsa does, regardless of opponent. It's always going to be close. Um, I think save for the Houston game. 
and the Ohio State game, which wasn't out of hand until the last minute of the game when Ohio State had like two pick sixes. Every other game on the board is a one-score game, uh, regardless of opponent. They just do this, and Cincinnati Mm -hmm. fell victim to it. But Cincinnati holds on for a win here, including one of the craziest goal line stands I've ever seen. They they four plays from, I think, the five-yard line, uh, get off the field on that goal line stand. Immediately, Desmond Ritter fumbles the snap on the the attempted you know handoff on the next drive with about a minute and a half left. They were going to try and run out the clock. Tulsa gets the ball at like the three yard line, and then Cincinnati stands them up four more times to win the game, including on the last play where the ball comes loose on a running back attempting to dive over the pile. I don't know if I've ever seen a goal line stand like that, eight consecutive plays from such close distance, but it was really, really something to behold where like at some point... And especially just, since Cincinnati's defensive line was kind of like their Achilles heel in that game. Yeah, like their D-line was not playing well most of that night, and yeah, they really just came to play on that on those couple drives. This was a vintage Luke Fickle you know, defensive front moment here where it doesn't really play well for the entire game. It's a little bit sleepy against uh, you know an opponent that they very obviously overlooked. And then as soon as the game is on the line, it's just unbelievably good. <laughs> they're, they're just like no one is being blocked. They're running straight through the offensive line. They're pulling off an eight-play game or goal line stand. Uh, Maje Sanders decided to show up in the final like minute and a half of the game and was completely unstoppable. Um, the, the rest of the game was good, but the last minute and a half or so here was among the most crazy minutes and a half that I have seen in college football this season or in quite some time. It was really impressive from the Cincinnati defense. Uh, I will say here, Cincinnati does need to get its rushing game figured out. Yes. Uh, they have kind of taken the ball out of Jerome Ford's hands in the last couple of weeks. I mean, he had 18 attempts against Tulane, but like only seven in this game. Yeah. Um, he needs to be fed a pretty steady diet of carries. I think their front has to block a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, uh, he's an incredible athlete. He can break off the big play at any point in time. He still put up 67 yards in the, in the receiving uh, side of things this game. Um, but they really do need to make sure he is being consistently fed because I, I think Desmond Ritter is a really, really good player, but um, they cannot put the entire game on his shoulders specifically with this receiving core kind of not being quite up to up to snuff compared to some of these other uh, top-level, I mean, kind of highly ranked teams. I think they need to kind of get that rushing track established again. Yeah, and I mean, the four best performances we have seen from this Cincinnati team in terms of offensive output and this is obviously helped by the fact that these are not amazing defenses but in in against Miami Murray State Temple and UCF he has rushed for over 100 yards in the other game in the other five games this season he's been under um this offense is at its best when he is running the ball and running it really well mm-hmm. and carrying the ball a lot and and it's it's been a weird thing with him because sometimes I do think that he just doesn't perform up to what he should. I, I don't think that he has, for whatever reason, the kind of vision or speed that he shows when he's at his best. But I don't know that seven carries is really ever going to be appropriate just because you have to at least see what he's feeling like that day. I don't think that you can get a great gauge for, for what he's able to do when you're only letting him carry the ball seven times, especially when, you know, like you said, he had 67 receiving yards. I, I I think he was pretty obviously capable of running in this game. It didn't seem like he was hurt. Um, I, I think you've got to get him a little bit more involved in the offense and figure out, like you said, what's going on with the offensive line. Because as silly as it is that style points matter as much as they do in college football, especially because Cincinnati is a defense first program, uh, Cincinnati needs some style points and they're just not really getting them right now. I, I think that they still have a couple chances to uh, specifically, I don't think USF is going to cause a whole lot of problems this weekend. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully not. And same with ECU at the end of the season and a suddenly not very good SMU team in, in between the two. So I, I think that now's the time if you're going to prove like, hey, we're you know we're a top four team. Make it make it a little bit easier on us, guys. I, I, that's that's my advice to Cincinnati is make it easier for us to sell you, please, because it's kind of hard to do right now. I, I'm starting to come to the conclusion that it just won't matter that much, though. I don't know. Things are kind of breaking their way at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I think like the Big Ten East is kind of clearing out on their behalf. I, I get the sense that Oklahoma is about to do them a favor and clear out on their behalf. Yeah. Uh, and it may not matter regardless. I don't know if Oklahoma has the juice to pass them anyway with Baylor losing this time. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think Cincinnati just needs to – I agree they need some style points, but – if Houston does its job, keeps winning games, and they kind of meet a one-loss Houston in the AAC title game, 
um, that would be, I think, maybe enough to just get the top four as is. I don't know. Like, as long as Alabama doesn't beat Georgia, which they won't. Yeah. They're going to lose to Auburn, too, like you said. Um, and A&M will play Georgia. Anyway, um, I don't know. I believe Cincinnati. Go, go Bearcats. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's all. <laughs> I think that's all totally totally fair Alabama like you said is not going to beat Georgia uh I don't there's not going to be a second team in the Big Ten East there might not even be a first team in the Big Ten East depending what happens here in the next three or four weeks um and the ACC is obviously out I think the Big 12 is going to remove itself because Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are going to play each other twice and neither of those teams is good enough to sweep that series um I think that this will all figure itself out but also I would just like to be able to talk my shit about Cincinnati and it's kind of hard to do that when mm-hmm. they when they play like this. Uh Michigan State at Purdue. Michigan State at Purdue next up. David Bell, good god. <laughs> good god. He's a freak. I don't know what else you can say. He's an absolute freak. Oh my god. This was uh, Purdue really sort of this was the Purdue of like 2018, the chaos Purdue, um, which is what they should be all the time. I don't know why they stopped doing that, where they just have, you know, trick plays and weird shit going on. And Aiden O'Connell throws the ball 54 times, 40 completions on 54 attempts for 536. Or, yeah. 536 and three touchdowns is an insane line. Um, and he's certainly helped by the fact that David Bell is as good as he, as he is, but got the ball pretty consistently to, I think five different receivers here in Milton, right? with the the lowest of that top five with four receptions for 53 yards which still isn't that bad um this was just a great showing from the purdue offense michigan state's defense is is oftentimes too aggressive for its own good mel tucker has has talked about that before this season um but this was just a a really impressive performance from purdue's offense I, i came away very happy with with what i saw from them here yeah, I, I mean, David Bell just does this, right? We just kind of understand it. It's like his thing. <laughs> I don't know. He's, yeah. he's played uh, five top 12 teams in his career and has 685 receiving yards in those five games. Uh, yeah. He just does it every time. Like, it's just, it's, you just come to expect it. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, man, is he, well, I don't think he's as good as Rondell Moore, but he's not far off, right? No, he's, like, he's certainly different because he's not quite the, He's not quite the athletic marvel that that Rondell is, but he is just he's right. just really good. <laughs> like like he's just yeah. I mean, always the, the guy open. he reminds me of the the guy he reminds me of is a fellow Minneapolis native, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, where it's like you don't exactly see him doing anything crazy during a game, but he just all like I said, is always finding a way to be open. It just does the like the little things that make you a pro, and feels like a guy who's going to play the league for you know a decade or more. Yeah. Um, Ryan, we do have here. I don't know. Did you? I don't know if you've seen this beforehand, but we do have news here from Nebraska um, regarding. Yes, I saw this. Did you? They're, that they're bringing Scott yeah. Frost back for another season On, under a restructured contract. They're basically giving him the Jim Harbaugh deal. Okay, like the one yeah. year. This prove this, it. Like I think. Go ahead. This does mean that they're not going to fire him, though, which I was pretty sure they were going to. Um, so I guess. Man, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. I I uh I no longer agree with this as a thing that they should do. There was a part of the season where I didn't think they should fire Scott Frost having watched him coach this last weekend. I don't I don't know about all that anymore. I think he just like has <laughs> become a he's almost losing despite everybody is the way it feels like. Yeah. Like he's trying to lose games at this point. I don't know. It's incredible to watch. Like I think I posted this on Twitter but uh, Nebraska is five and twenty in yeah. games decided by single digits in his tenure at uh, for the Cornhuskers. Like that's just impossible to do. You can't be that bad if you try. Yeah, you have to win some of the games. Uh, yeah, but, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that game in a little bit, and you got to be a little bit okay. quicker than that segment. But yeah, th- that's uh, man. I don't I don't know about all that. Uh, all right, next up, Tennessee at Kentucky. Kentucky finally gets the offense going, and Tennessee gets it going even more. Uh, I fear that Tennessee is good and i i didn't i didn't expect that this year but it seems like this offense specifically is just fantastic they had the ball for like 15 minutes here and scored 45 points Hendon hooker was excellent i don't know why they ever didn't start him um i had a lot of fun just watching this one i think this was the most fun game of the week if nothing else yeah i mean that was a really good one um i i do think that it's just kind of it's kind of stunning how well Josh Hype was done, right? Like, yeah, it's happened so fast. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I really didn't think that he'd be this good. I thought he would suck, actually. But the, I mean, I think the issue uh, will. 
I think the issue will present itself once he has his own players in there because uh, he has to recruit sure. those guys, and he's not very good at that. But right now, they're they're playing really well. Yeah, and I mean, I, I do wonder what it would have looked like if he didn't quit against Alabama and started like you know not trying to win the game anymore. Sure, I would have liked to see that result. Um, yeah. But sadly, we'll never know because he is you know soft and uh, it did not try to win the game, which we hate to see. Yeah, we do hate to see that. Uh, last one here, San Jose State at Nevada. Nevada survives a scare from San Jose State and I believe is now just a San Diego State loss away from leading the Mountain West West after Fresno State dropped a game this weekend to Boise State. Um, I, I, I have this one on here primarily because Nick Starkle was back from injury and I thought played pretty well, 21-40 for 255, three touchdowns. Uh, San Jose State rushing attack finally got going. It really looked like they were going to win this game, but Nevada hits a, uh, a field goal to take the win at the end. Um, I think San Jose State might still get bowl eligibility because they have Utah State and Fresno State left. Those are not easy games, but I think they're going to win one of them. I don't know which one yet, um, but good for uh, good for San Jose State to manage to bounce back here after a really disastrous start to the season. And I, I had fun watching this one. I think this was a this was another good game. Yeah, I kind of disagree with you at all there. Uh, it is nice to see them kind of like you said. They're not. I don't think they're ultimately gonna you know, do anything to win this conference. I, I think it's pretty unlikely, but uh, it does seem like they're going to make a bowl game and they have kind of turned the year around. And I see that after kind of high expectations coming into the season. Although yeah. I guess they have a pretty brutal path ahead with games against Utah state and Fresno state. They got to yeah. find a way to steal one of those two. To get to I, the bowl game. So I'm going to say, I, I, I have some questions about Kalen DeBoer against good defensive schemes. And I think that San Jose state has a good defensive scheme, but um, I, Kalen DeBoer kind of got his ass whooped this weekend against Boise State and against uh, against that defensive staff, and so I'm I'm curious about that game more than I am the Utah State. I game. have got the ass whooped is is as generous the phrase that way. They got the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so I'm 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 interested for sure. Uh, what's the pick here? I I think my pick has, has to be Tennessee Kentucky just purely from an entertainment perspective, but I think NIU Kent State is very similar. I was going to take NIU at Kent State, but my second choice actually being Michigan State-Purdue. Okay. Uh, the SEC East has kind of lost some interest for me at this point. It was a cool game, but it was kind of a game that doesn't really matter, I guess. Uh, so I, I think NIU-Kent State is like a, a nice preview of the MAC title game, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing those two teams run it back in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree with all of that. I am. I think that that's going to be a really good MAC championship game. It's usually good, and I think it's going to be good again this year. All right, next up, the You Blew It nominees of the week. First up, Wake Forest at North Carolina. Wake Boy, Forest. We we are deep in this podcast for our third segment. Yeah, yeah. We'll speed it up here a little bit, folks. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Wake Forest, 58, 55, North Carolina, 58. Um, how does Mac Brown keep doing this? Fuck him, dude. I don't know. I'm so tired of him. Yeah. <laughs> also, Wake. I don't know. We kind of thought this would happen, right? Like, I don't think anyone expected Wake to actually yeah. run the gauntlet. I thought it would be cool if they did, and I still love Dave Clawson, but um, the way they blew this game was pretty bad, and I, I think it's just kind of... I don't know. When you play with fire all season, and you are, like, the less talented team in almost every game you play, but your whole thing is trying to score as many... You know, I mean, just trying to, like, play uh, shootouts every week, it's just kind of bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Um, so, good for good for UNC for the win. Um Sorry, Wake, but you can say it's, this is also a non-conference game. Did you hear that? It was scheduled as a non-con game? Yes, yeah, because um, they don't has, get to play. Yeah, 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 so... Yeah. Right, right, so it has no impact on the ACC standing, so, I mean, Wake is still in perfectly great position to go ahead and win the conference and go to a really, really good bowl game, uh, so... Good for them. Let's make it happen. Yeah, sure. I, I had fun watching this one as well. I think really good offense here. Um, Wake Forest's offense is is great. I'd like to see more teams do it. I do. It, it, I think that this is always going to be kind of a what if with this team in that uh, Kenneth Walker was here last year and now he isn't. And I think that if he's still on Man. this, if he's still on this team, they're probably going to the playoff this year. And it's 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 too bad. Um, next up, SMU. Yeah, I tend to agree. By the way, hang on real quick. Yeah. Uh, this is. Like they all have to do is beat uh, like barely bowl eligible teams like Clemson and Boston College to end the season. Like ACC bottom feeders Clemson mm-hmm. uh, to have their <laughs> their best season in school history, right? I mean yep. they're yep. they're what they're eight and one now. Uh, they've got three games left. I mean they can win ten games win the conference. I mean NC State's not yeah. an impossible team to beat either at home. I mean shit, they could very well go eleven one and. 12 with an ACC title. That's that's probably the best season in school history. I'm, I'm looking I back would, at the I would right certainly now. assume. Yeah. 
they had an they had an eleven win season or Jim Grobe in two thousand six. Okay, uh, yeah. they they went to the Orange Bowl, but beyond that, uh, not a bad fate. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. I mean, that's the by. This is by far their best season in school history. It looks like. Yeah. All right. Next up, SMU, Memphis, Memphis twenty-eight, SMU twenty-five. SMU stages a furious comeback here, but can't quite get it done. Uh, my only real takeaway here is that Sonny Dykes needs to keep his eyes on his own fucking program for the next month. Uh, like, I get it. There's a lot of good jobs open in Texas right now. Chill the fuck out and coach your own team, man. Seriously. <laughs> uh, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, like, like, if I'm if I'm TCU and I see this game and I see what this guy's doing with his own team because my job is open, I'm not exactly like attracted to that. That's a shitty thing to do to your team. Well, first of all, he shouldn't take the TCU job anyway. He should stay at SMU in the first place. Yeah, uh, he is better positioned in the shitty American than he is in the zombie big 12 sure. uh, to do his thing at SMU. And I think he should stay there, but that's yeah. another point. For the day. I mean, you, you might not lose this game. This is, this is a really bad loss. Yeah. This is an extremely bad loss. This is not a good Memphis team. Um, I'm, I'm frustrated with SMU. I'm frustrated with Sonny Dykes. I think that he blew this because he wasn't paying good enough attention to his own team. And that sucks. Um, yeah. They're letting our boys down. They're yeah. letting our boys in black and red down. They are. Um, Baylor at TCU. We didn't really have a strong rooting interest in Baylor, but I do think it's just very funny to lose to TCU immediately after it fires <laughs> Gary Patterson. Um, and then Baylor also loses one of its most important coaches in Joey McGuire to Texas Tech, who who is for some reason leaving during the season, which I don't know if I've ever seen that before at the P5 level where a, a sitting assistant coach leaves for a head coaching job in early November. Um, but it is certainly very funny if, if – uh, if, if nothing else, but TCU gets the win here because Baylor wouldn't stop running the ball for some reason. Not sure why they didn't stop running the ball. Yeah, by the way, that guy we all knew really well before the season, Joey McGuire, a guy that everyone was super familiar with uh-huh. and definitely someone that, you know, makes sense to go out and hire two minutes to the coaching cycle. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. I don't understand this at all. It's a, it's a really weird hire. Listen, I'm thrilled because it means that Jeff Trailer is actually staying put, uh, which is what I was worried about. And that that rocks. That's that's awesome. Yeah, but goddamn, this is the best you can do. You're a power five football program. Like, no, it Jesus isn't. Christ. Let's, let's not pretend that Texas Tech is a power five football program. <laughs> Texas Tech is like... Look, it's 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 not a not ideal job with where it's located, of course. Yeah. But I mean, like they still have some fairly significant resources and commitments to the program compared to a lot of other like bottom tier power five jobs that like, compared to the Kansas and Kansas States and even like I mean Dukes of the world, like they have a lot of opportunity to be a lot better than they have been as they've seen in the past from them. Yeah. Um This is bad, dude. This is a pretty shitty hire. I'm actually like that's I don't know. I don't yeah. think you fire Matt Wells to go get Joey fucking McGuire. This makes no sense. This is a this is the hire that you make when you hire a guy who was not at all in the Texas fraternity and all the coaches got mad at you. You go out and you hire the guy who is in the Texas high school, you know, football coaching community. Um, and I think I this guess. is also the hire that you make when you strike out on Jeff Trailer, which is what I'm assuming happened here. Uh, you go out and get Jeff Trailer too, and I just. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's who you should be going to at this point if you're Texas Tech, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I do want to mention in this game as well, did you see who played quarterback for TCU? Because I love this kid. I'm all in on, on this guy. It's uh, Chandler Morris, yes, right? Yes, uh, Chandler Morris. The, what, what's your big thing about him? So he's he's transferred from Oklahoma, didn't play a whole lot for Oklahoma last year. He's 5'11", 175 pounds. I would argue he's a lot closer to 5'9", and he looks like an NCAA 14 <laughs> created player with the equipment. He's got like the black visor. He's got, you know, like a, like a colorful shooter sleeve. This is the most obnoxious man of all time, and I love him. He absolutely balled out of his mind in this game. I am thrilled. He is the future at T. TCU. I love him. So you're just glad to see some Patrick Mayhorn representation in college. Yes, football. exactly. Yes. I love to see people. <laughs> I, it's important for media members to see people who look like them on the football field. Um, and that's we we need to get Deuce Vaughn and uh, Chandler Morris in the same backfield. And we need to have yes, them soon. God. Yes. You, you can do the hidden ball play every single snap. Yeah, it's yeah, true. I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, Oregon State at Colorado. Not no no real thoughts on this one, but Oregon State loses in I think double overtime, despite hitting a 60 yard field goal to send it to overtime or something along those lines. Uh, I don't know how you're losing the Colorado in 2021, but I'm I'm not my problem. Not going to worry about it. Uh, Alabama at LSU. We talked about it a little bit earlier. LSU 
man, if, if LSU could even complete one pass, it wins this game. Uh, yeah. Um, look, people are ready to admit that Bama is low-key trash. I was yeah. trying to tell you all before the season, um, you are now here with me. Their O-line is terrible. Alabama uh, rushed. I don't understand. Did Alabama rushing in this game, 26 carries, 6 yards. 6. God. God, that is awful. Six. Also, why is Bryce Young still like a betting Heisman favorite? Like, what's he done this year that's like so? I mean, I understand he's an efficient player, but it's an Alabama offense. The quarterback's yeah. always been pretty efficient. I mean, it's been like a decade straight of that. Yeah, I mean, his stats are very good, but I, I think that it is just a result of like there's nobody really else obvious to give it to. I guess Kenneth Walker, but it's hard to give it to a running back in, in the way that it is right now. Um, yeah, 211 for 304. 2,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, three interceptions. I mean, they're good stats, but it's also, like you said, it's the Alabama offense, and it's also every other offense in college football. They're all doing this. Yeah, and I mean, the only time that a good defense this season was against A&M, and he completed like 50% of his passes in that game. Yeah, he was not uh, He was not particularly good then. And he threw a pick, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, like, I just don't get it. I think this will all get cleared up whenever Alabama loses to uh, Auburn, like you keep saying. Yeah, uh, and to Georgia again, and, uh, and but, also maybe to Arkansas. It does still have Arkansas. And maybe to Arkansas. Schedule. Yeah, and probably like in a bowl game to BYU and, or something. And as well, of course to New Mexico second. State, and you know it's it's, right, it's gonna, we're right. looking hard into a, a nine and four season here for Alabama, and we do love that. Alabama's going to find a way to lose the Senior Bowl as well. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bryce, I, I don't get it. I don't know why I'm talking about the Heisman in 2021. It's really not, I mean, there's no point to that. Yeah, It's not like he's another dominant favorite either, but, um, I mean, Kenneth Walker is the best player in the country, right? Let's just give it to Kenneth Walker. I don't understand what everyone's doing sure. here. I mean, best offensive player in the country, and if you want to get it to Jordan Davis, I, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm, cool, I'm cool with that, but I don't know. Um, fuck it. Give it to Bernard Armstrong. Who cares? I don't okay. care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fine Sean by me. Tucker. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Sean Tucker was pleased with his performance at winning the Heisman. Um, by the way, I'm, uh, I'm looking around this. I just was checking like national leaders and stats real quick. Uh, Drake London's been out for the season for like two weeks and is still third in the country in receiving yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's actually dude. pretty incredible. That's so good. I love that. That's, that's very good stuff. Um, Man, I miss him. I hope he. Uh, I hope he's okay. <laughs> a cool Dude, player. He was, he was out before Halloween. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, this guy is just—he's uh, he, a freak. I mean, looking forward to having him come back uh, yeah. to the NFL and be on my fantasy team next year. Yeah, um, mine as well. Boise State forty, Fresno State fourteen. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Listen, I'm on the I'm on the docket. Um, Fresno State absolutely blew it here. Boise State credit for having a good defensive game plan, but Jesus, is this? This stat line does not support this final score. Fresno State had 18 first downs to Boise State's 24. Um, 279 passing yards to Boise State's 283. Didn't rush the ball especially well, but it wasn't horrible. And it's just one of those games where it's like, man, I don't I don't know. Fresno State had 11 penalties. That certainly doesn't help. Um, three interceptions doesn't help either. But like, dude, this was a this was a four and four Boise State team. How are you losing by you know 30 points? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a really this is like one of the worst losses by a this is like, conference contender. In this the is season. twice now. It's from really now. really bad. Yeah, this is twice now. Like. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I, I don't understand what's um, going on here with, with these guys because they're really good when they don't do this. Right. And I mean, like, Boise State, shit, it, it's still, I got to check the standings here, but, like, they're, like, not out of it anymore to uh, to win the conference. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like, if Utah State stumbles, there's a chance Boise State can, like, end up in a conference championship game here, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Um, I, I will also mention as, as a little bit more breaking news on the Nebraska thing, they have fired their entire offensive coaching staff. So Scott Frost is saying that he funny. will be employing uh, an entirely new offensive coaching staff after uh, wow. presu- presumably after Nebraska fired all of his offensive coaching staff. So I'm Keith sure. Williams at wideouts back in Nebraska. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, folks put up those metal fences now. Cause if not, he's going to go right into your lawn. Um, last one here. <laughs> Last one here, Clemson at Louisville. Not, not really. I mean, I don't think that we're. I don't. I don't think either of us are going to 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 
claimed to support Louisville in many of its things, but uh, absolutely should have beaten Clemson here, thirty to twenty-four. Well, well, you're a pretty big, you're a pretty big Jack Harlow fan, right? You have that tattoo. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, <laughs> Clemson scores. 13 unanswered in the final quarter of play to knock off Louisville. I believe on the day where Louisville was honoring Lamar Jackson, if not today, it's it's next week. Uh, either way, you can't do this when you're honoring Lamar Jackson. That's bullshit. Come on. You, you yeah, score, that sucks. You're and point. also, I mean, we saw, as we saw, Lamar Jackson played like shit the next day as a result of this. So. Yeah, we can only uh, assume there was some sort of <laughs> universal intent behind this. Um, not, not what we want to see. Uh, Shout out for DJ uh, Ubiangalele uh, having his best game of the season with 220 yards. Classic. Uh, we love that for him. Yeah. Uh, What's the pick here? He's really. Uh, I guess Fresno State. I was going to read for that. I don't really care. Yeah. Fresno State. Great. Uh, next <laughs> no, up, it's probably wake. It's probably wake. Probably wake. Next up, got to be a little bit quicker than that. Not just us, the show, but also the the subhead here. Um, first up, every Mac game. Every single Mac game was the exact same. They all <laughs> included a, a furious fourth quarter comeback that came up just short. Akron did it and then fired its coach. Miami did it. Toledo did it. Uh, NIU did it. Central Michigan ended up winning, so that's the only one without it. But um, very funny week in the Mac. Just exclusively bangers, exclusively late comebacks that come up short. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you said it all. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah. Not to SMU at Memphis, right? Yeah. Uh, SMU Memphis. Uh, Memphis just loves doing this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Memphis does love to do this shit. And, and Sonny Dykes also apparently loves to do it. Last one, Ohio state at Nebraska. We alluded to it earlier. Ryan, the, the decision making <laughs> in this game from Scott Frost, I, like I wanted to quit his team. And I'm not even on his fucking team. I can understand how this guy loses every close game now. It's because he he makes decisions like he will be killed if he loses the game. Like, he, he makes the most insane decisions I have ever seen a coach make when they are three and fucking six against the number six team in the, or number five team in the country. N- Nebraska's, like... Fresh off a really bad C.J. Stroud interception, drives all the way down the field, has no real issue doing it, comes up on a 4th and 4 at the Ohio State 13, trailing by 6 in the 4th quarter, and decides to kick a field goal with one of the shittiest kickers in America. What are we doing here? What do you have to lose by by you know just going for the end zone or going for the first down there? What is the point of kicking that field goal to make it 3 instead of 6 so that you can miss the game-tying field goal later in the game? What is What is the value here? I think... I think he was auditioning for Ryan Day's offensive coordinator job in a sure. few years. Whenever Kevin Wilson gets the Akron head coaching job, yeah. uh, you know, Scott Frost looked around and he was like, how can I emulate the uh, softest coach of college football? Yeah. I need to kick as many field goals as possible and never go for it or change anything about what I do. Yeah. And he was like, I got to be just like Ryan Day. So it's it's time to uh, time to settle in. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what Ohio State has done to it in the playoff in the first <laughs> round against Georgia. I think it's going to be very funny. Um, seeing a if lot people of people thought I was annoying. If people thought I was annoying about the Zach Smith situation, <laughs> just wait until what I have to say about Ryan Day if he manages to blow one of these next three games. Yeah. Just you fucking wait, pal. Yeah, I man, this I I I was. I don't know where I heard it today, but I was hearing somebody t- today talk about how they really want to see the Ohio State offensive line against the Georgia defensive line and how that's just such a great matchup. Oh, my God. And I have to ask, have, Jesus Christ. Has, have any of you watched Ohio State's offensive line? These guys are fucking horrible. They're not good. Yeah, it, it's just a preseason fucking uh, news thing every year. I mean, I, yeah. I've been complaining about this for like five years, the job, what the hell. But every single season, they're supposed to be the best line in America. And it just literally never happens. They cannot run block the interior. Uh, they run that zone blocking scheme. They do not know how to execute and never change it. Uh, they do not adapt at all to teams slanting against their offensive line. Uh, they just constantly whiff on their pull blocks. They're starting four fucking tackles, and they have like a a, a nearly you know all Big Ten or, or all American caliber guard on the bench for some reason, yeah. while starting a redshirt freshman center who's been you know bad most of the season. And his best play was recovering his quarterback's fumble. Yeah, uh, this, this shit sucks, dude. I hate this offensive line. I'm his, so tired of Brixton Drawa. His quarter, I'm begging his, this old bitch to retire. His quarterback's fumble, I must note, on a first down play in the fourth quarter with like a minute and a half left. 
Um, Insane, dude. Down Insane. on the Nebraska side of the field. That then Ryan Day in the post game, when friend of the show Bill Landis asked asked him about it, pretended to not know what the play was that Bill was talking about. Um, oh my god! Were, how about how about fucking C.J. Stroud? You know when they people were like, "Hey, you had like five available first downs. You could have just run for three yards and gotten with no one near you. Why didn't you do that?" Yeah. And he's like, "I'm not a running back, dude." <laughs> Yeah, he makes a I good. Hate this fucking guy. He makes a good point. Um, I I am excited for you to j- join me on the train of just absolutely hating Ohio State. Um, we're we're <laughs> certainly looking into it. What's the pick here? Um, I think it's every match. It's game. actually Ryan Day. It's okay. Ryan Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan Day has to just be a little better than that. I think as a as a football coach moving forward, uh, and I'm sure that he will make the adjustments needed. As every Ohio State, I, I, coach I have has had I have had like three people DM me to get mad about my when I called him slightly better Lincoln Riley uh-huh. because they said they can't get it out of their head now. And <laughs> that's absolutely true. <laughs> that's the prom- That's the flipping the field promise is that we're going to say things that are right that upset you. Uh, we're, we're we're going yeah. to say things that are so correct that you're mad about them for the entire week we're gonna ruin your <laughs> your whole work week all right um feel it deep down in my plums games first up washington oregon we mentioned this earlier but jimmy lake punches directly through three people to get to his own football player uh and then fires his own <laughs> offensive coordinator very powerful performance here from 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 jimmy lake as well as before the game saying or in the week heading up to the game saying that washington doesn't really recruit against oregon because washington recruits against better academic schools um saying that and then getting beaten by by 10 points and getting suspended for the next week because you punched a player is very funny yeah i mean he's going woody hayes mode what else can you do about that classic uh next up dan mullen (laughs) against the florida administration um yeah, I, I don't imagine that he wanted to fire Todd Grantham. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that was a Dan Mullen decision. I'm I'm going to say probably not a Dan Mullen call here. Yeah, it was probably Todd Grantham's fault whenever he blitzed the AD's office afterwards. So I think that really is what, what happened. Uh, yeah. you know, he sent he sent seven <laughs> to Scott Strickland's office, and I don't think he, he really responded well to that. So it was kind of inevitable at that point. Yeah, next up, the entire SEC West, which is going to cannibalize itself in the the somehow one of the best divisions in football is going to end up sending zero teams to the playoff and we do love that one of the best i don't know i, I, don't know. I would i would say <laughs> i would say so <laughs> it's 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 no dude, big ten left dude, it's, it's gonna no, be uh, mountain division that's it's right no, uh it's no Pac-12 more. Dude, it's going to be hilarious when the two, I would say probably the two best divisions in football, the SEC West and the Big Ten East, send a combined zero teams to the playoff. Oh, come on. That's not going to happen. You know, there's just no way. Dude, we we love, there is absolutely a way for that to happen. We're looking into it, but it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> next up, Coastal, Georgia Southern. I only have this one on here because it's very funny every time Coastal plays Georgia Southern because Georgia Southern has to watch what it could have had uh, offensively and in if it had hired Jamie Chadwell as it should have. And now Georgia Southern gets to play with uh, Clay Helton. Great job, guys. You nailed it. You really, really <laughs> aced this transition up to the FBS, uh, especially after the Willie Fritz era. 10 out of 10, no marks, completely perfect. Um, last one, UTSA at UTEP. Did you see the tailgate video from this? I did not. So there were two of them. One of the videos is uh, seemingly UTEP fans. I think they're all UTEP fans throwing empty, uh, like beer bottles at each other in the parking lot. Just, Let's go. <laughs> just talking up. Um, and then there, Sorry, is, no. <laughs> yeah, there, there is another one of, I, I, I'm not, I don't know which team they are affiliated with, but there's two folks in the back of a pickup truck and they're, they're sort of, um, I, I would say they're, they're having, they're, they're, they're going urban Meyer mode. Um, just, just out. <laughs> Frankly, a disgusting act by yeah. Michigan fans that attended the UTEP UTSA game. I'm tired <laughs> of that kind of behavior. Yeah, um, Michigan fans are completely asexual. Don't let Ryan lie to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this was very funny. UTSA also beat the shit out of UTEP. Just throttled them. Really, uh-huh. really whooped. Sincere McCormick. You know, after basically UTSA has had to adjust all season to like start throwing the football because everybody keyed on yeah. Sincere McCormick. UTEP tried to do the other thing and key on the uh, key on the passing attack. And sincere went for what 190 yards and a touchdown, something like that. Yeah, exactly yeah. Off. Sincere 21 uh, carries, yeah. 169 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. I will also say, UTEP tried to key on the passing game, and Zachary Franklin still had 10 for 114 and two touchdowns. Maybe try keying on it better. Yep. Just do a better job of it, and it would be. I think it would work out better for you. Um, it's hard to say for sure either way, but Jeff Trailer is. Uh, 
Gonna gonna be twelve and zero before he gets ranked somehow. Yeah, he's gonna be twelve and zero, and he's also, as I said earlier, sticking around, which is going to kick complete ass. That man is gonna he's gonna land a five star sooner than later because of his relationships in Texas. Um, oh come on, he, <laughs> dude! Tom Herman did it at Houston. It's not that hard. Ah, uh, yeah, but when's there a five star in San Antonio? That's that's a little bit different. Yeah. And also, I mean, come on. look, I love I love trailer, but like, he's going to. I'm telling UTSA you, UTSA is UTSA is not Houston. UTSA Houston is a, a lot of UTSA is about to be city. the exact same team in Houston in, in the AAC that Houston was. It will be the same program. Dude, come on! Houston has like a the, like the history of Houston with like the yeah. highs and winners, their success in the Southwest Conference and everything. It's just a lot different than UT. I, I I'm not trying to shut UTSA here because they're having an incredible season. I love Josh Fred. I love what he's doing, but it's a little far for you to say he's going to get a five star. Would he get like a low four star eventually? Yeah, probably. I think that probably will happen. He has good enough relationships in the state of Texas, and uh, maybe some big guy in San Antonio decides to stick around because. I don't know why, uh, but he loves the Riverwalk, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> um, I don't know. They're just different. They're different programs, different cities, different histories. Uh, but he is an incredible coach, and I'm looking forward to him replacing Steve Tarkeesian at Texas for the uh, 2023 season. Yeah, yeah, for the 2022 season, even <laughs> uh, many are saying. What's, uh-huh. what's the? What's the? I think the pick here has to be UTSA UTEP because anytime you're throwing empty beer bottles at each other pregame, I, I, that's just great. That's. That's great stuff. If they don't fucking rank these guys this week, I'm gonna be so mad. It's fine. It's let it happen. Let's go. Come I've on. I've got I've got terrible news for you about what they're going to do this week in the rankings. Um, all right, last one here. Throwback game of the week brought to you, of course, by Quaaludes. Virginia Tech at Boston College. Ryan, this one I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but it was on the TV at the bowling alley, and so that's that's my entire thought on this nice. game is that it's a great bowling alley game. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, that sounds great, Patrick. Yeah, uh, Boston. Col- I did not watch <laughs> Boston College seventeen. I was in New York Virginia City uh, drinking with my friends. Yeah, I, d- I didn't watch a minute of this game. You did. I was in. You I was in the city, much. baby. Only in New York. Only, only in, New, in York. New York, baby. Yeah, only in New York. You were watching. You were not watching. Rather, New York's number one team, Boston College. Um, next up, Illinois, Minnesota. We have already talked about. Well, hang how- on, hang on, hang on. I, I'm going to make a point real quick here. Uh, Jeff Halfley has one opportunity left this season. Yeah. to get his second victory in as many years against a team with a record over 500. Yeah. Uh, it's against Wake Forest. I would bet on it not happening. I think he's going to have one win over team over 500 in two seasons, and, and congratulations to him for that. Yeah, and uh, he's, It's an incredible accomplishment. And he's still going to manage to go 7-5 and five because the ACC is very healthy. Everything's going very That's well right. in the ACC. Um, Illinois at Minnesota, we talked about PJ Fleck is now going to make $5 million a year to do this, which we do love for him. Cal at Arizona. Cal allows Arizona to get its first win in like three seasons. Unreal. I believe this was, what, 0-0 at the half, if if memory serves. Um, <laughs> looked like it was on the way to just not having any points, which is always good. Yeah, 0-0 at the half, 3-3 at the end of the third quarter. Arizona wins at 10-3. Um, good for good Static. for good for Jed Fish, who <laughs> will uh, will surely win a second game during his tenure. Definitely, this is not the only time he's going to win. Uh, that much is that much is for sure. Um, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Man, West Virginia is not good this year. But Oklahoma State twenty four, West Virginia three. Um, okay, State's defense is punishing. It's nasty. Yeah, they're 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 really good. Um. They're going to beat Oklahoma, which I'm sure I won't regret whenever they lose, you know, uh, bedlam for the 19th time in a row. So here's what I think, okay? And and this is, you're going to have to stick with me here because this is a little bit complex. But Oklahoma State is going to need Iowa State to lose again. And it's not a good place to start, okay? But here's what's going to happen. Oklahoma's going to win out. So there's the other loss for Iowa State. Oklahoma wins out, beats Oklahoma State in bedlam at the end of the season. But Oklahoma State, with only two losses in conference play, has the tiebreaker over Baylor, and there's no other two-loss team. So Oklahoma State goes to the Big 12 championship game to play Oklahoma. Oklahoma all but locked up a playoff spot as long as it can win that game. Now that it's no longer bedlam, now that it's not the rivalry, it's the Big 12 championship Mm -hmm. game, Oklahoma State's going to win. They just need it to Let's not go. be Bedlam. They can beat Oklahoma as long as it's not Bedlam. And then somehow Oklahoma State gets in the playoff at 11-2, and two, yeah. uh, and all of our dreams come true. Notre Dame gets in the playoff over Cincinnati because they just have a better resume. <laughs> um, Auburn at Texas A&M, Texas A&M 20, Auburn 3. I don't think we talked about this at any other point, but... I couldn't even, I was telling you before the show, I couldn't even bear to watch the highlights of this game. I was so bored with it. Yeah, awful, I mean, awful game. I, I do want to say here, I'm basically, I think 
it took a little while to get here, but I think I was basically right about Texas A&M, yeah. which is that they have one of the nastiest defenses in college football. I'd say it's a top three defense alongside Georgia and Wisconsin. I know you hate Wisconsin or cringing at me saying that, but sure. I think it's true. Yeah. Um, and I think basically just took him a couple of weeks to get Zach Calzada figured out. Uh, he's still not very good, but they've figured out how to get enough out of him to like sure. win games. Yeah. Uh, they figured out how to get I enough like, uh, defensive touchdowns to win games. Right, right. Which, you know, surely they won't go Iowa mode here soon. It's surely just not <laughs> sure. coming around yeah. uh, <laughs> to bite them in the ass. But, I mean, they're having a great season, and I think if they had a healthy Haynes King the whole year, yeah. uh, this very well could be a playoff team that uh, is like undefeated right now heading into a it's title Georgia. Going Iowa mode is actually another way to define what Jack Miller did last week. And so it's a nice to, it's a nice way to sort of tie up the show. Um and we will finish off here going Iowa mode. Yes, Iowa. Going Iowa mode is also a way to define what John Gruden did earlier this season. <laughs> it's been the Raiders' whole season is going Iowa mode. Um uh, I, Iowa seventeen, Northwestern twelve to to wrap up here. Uh Jesus Christ. This is just awful. Just just <laughs> dog shit Iowa is without starting quarterback Spencer Petras here and scores a season high 17 points I don't know if that's actually right it feels right spiritually it's right um Northwestern threw the ball maybe not a great candidate for the throwback game in in effort here because Northwestern threw the ball 44 times what the fuck what uh it is kind of funny that I mean I know we talked preseason about like the insane number of players that Northwestern lost last season, like how many new faces they had in there. But yeah. I mean, Patrick's Patrick is the only guy who can go like, you know, three and nine in a season and you're like 19 in the program, whatever. And everyone's just like, yeah, no biggie. Don't worry about it. He's doing fine. He's the best coach in college football. This man just uh, said Pat Fitzpatrick. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, damn it. All right. <laughs> that is definitely the name of an NYPD officer somewhere like the outer boroughs. Pat Fitzpatrick is his is his uh his evil brother who <laughs> who does live in the, the outer boroughs. Um all right, what's the pick here? Um I think I have to take OK State at West Virginia. Okay, I'm going to go with Cal, Arizona, because it was just devastatingly awful. All right, Ryan, um, people can find you on Twitter, B1G underscore Ryan. You are the criminal other, the criminal otherwise known as B1G underscore Ryan. I'm at Patrick. DUI underscore Ryan, thank you very much. Yeah, DUI underscore Ryan. <laughs> I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. You can also find all of my posts at uh, Buckeye Scoop under the name Nevada Buck. I'm having a I'm having a good time over there. Um, Ryan actually, weirdly enough, he goes we by. We are his... issuing a final warning to Nevada Buck, <laughs> and all the posters just want to troll our podcast. <laughs> and we're staying up until 5 a.m. to watch everyone's favorite show, Narcos. Um, you can find the show on Twitter. Just the, normal. Yeah, just a regular thing. It's a regular thing to do on a Sunday morning is to stay up until five in the morning, Saturday night through Sunday morning, watching your favorite show, Narcos, as a, uh, 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 I mean, guy who definitely isn't in crippling debt and doesn't have anything else going on. Um, It's a good thing to do. Uh, At Field Flipping is where the show is. We will uh, we will talk to you guys again on Thursday morning. I think for our for our week eleven preview, we're not going to have another one of those playoff things just because it. I'll tell you guys, it took three hours to record and another hour to edit, and that's just too much for a bonus show <laughs> to be doing every week. Uh, but we will talk playoff on Thursday. We'll talk all that stuff unless the playoff rating rankings are bad, which they will be. In which case, I won't want to talk about mm-hmm. them. So um, we'll also be talking about my upcoming journey to the Pitt North Carolina game on Thursday night. Turn and, up, yeah, and we will also be talking about your upcoming DUI that you will get after that game. So we're we're <laughs> <laughs> We're certainly looking forward to all of that. Ryan, I will talk to you then. All right, talk to everybody. Bye.